Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crypto Market Rundown, where we talk about everything that's happening in the great world of cryptocurrency, from the fundamentals in the news to the technicals on the chart. We spend the time doing hours of research so that you all don't have to. And man, what a week for the crypto markets. Everything is skyrocketing, but Bitcoin in particular is just tearing through 50,000, tearing through 60,000. We're now at $61,000 as of February 28th. And I'm joined by the one and only super producer, TiVo. And TiVo, I mean, even you have been capitalizing on this. I know we've been talking about some killer trades that you've been making. So just walk us through it. Yeah, I got my uh, I got my happy hat on today for those watching on YouTube. Uh, we're all smiles today with Bitcoin 61K. And I would like to start off by saying we have so many awesome um, teammates, analysts and I wouldn't say predictions, but just guidance and education on this channel. Like if you were listening to this show three weeks ago on February 7th, you know, we talked about how Robinhood was was doing some stuff with MetaMask and they were kind of out, you know, outputting their uh, their crypto. Um, I don't want to say, I guess, team like we had the crypto GM on months ago and I kind of made a pick here. I was like, I think this is like a crypto proxy stock. And, you know, you have your Coinbase's micro strategies. That's what everybody's talking about on TV. But nobody was saying that Robinhood was a crypto proxy. And if you listen to our show on February, I think it was 8th, you know, three weeks ago, you know, we kind of laid that out for you. And since that episode, I would like to give myself a pat on the back. Robinhood is up 47%. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, if you have options on that, then you're up even more than 40%, right? That's what some are saying. Some are saying ah. that the, that's, that's, what, that's what, you know, I can't, can't firm or deny what the trade exactly is. But if you did have options, they would be in the, uh, the 100 to 200 X area or, you know, percent area, which would be great. But, um, but that, that's the kind of stuff we do here. So like between the newsletters and all the work that you do and Bryce does and our team does, you know, you know, over the last six months as, as this run up, I think Bitcoin last six months is up, is up 134 percent. And during that time, you know, we've educated you on Bitcoin. I know our newsletter has given out a ton of winners. Um, Celestia comes to mind and, and a bunch of others um, that that just that that's why you listen to the show. And so, uh, you know, the numbers are picking up and we appreciate you guys listening and we hope you're finding value and we hope you're having some fun. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And one of the cool things about this price range, TiVo, is if you look at where we're at, with Bitcoin being above $61,000, this means that almost at any point in history, anyone could have put money into Bitcoin and they would be profitable with the exception of maybe a few days here and there where Bitcoin was at like 62 to 69,000. But for 99% of Bitcoin's history, anyone who would have invested is now profitable, which is a major milestone. I mean, it means that everyone's probably sitting happy. 99% of the audience that's listening and owning Bitcoin, they're probably sitting happy. If they bought the dip at any time in the last like two to three years going all the way back to 2022 and any time prior from those little peaks in 2021 and 2022 then they're sitting on some really nice uh, profits depending on when they bought and a cool little like milestone to note here is that the crypto market has officially recaptured a two trillion with a t two trillion dollar market cap uh, which is wild. And it's funny because in our show notes, we were literally putting this together last night, TiVo. And we were like typing in, uh, you know, crypto recaptures a $2 trillion market cap as Bitcoin climbs above 57K. And then we, <laughs> we wake up this morning and we had to redo the show notes because uh, Bitcoin has just skyrocketed another $4,000. It's on a tear. 
And, uh, you know, this is the point in time when I'm, man, I don't know about you, but I get family members calling me and texting me and being like, what should I do here? And the calls are finally starting to come back where it's like, should I FOMO in now? Should I be exiting now? And I only expect those to escalate even more than like what I'm currently seeing. Yeah. You know, I honestly, we talk about this all the time in the group chat, but yeah, I haven't gotten any anybody yet and besides like my close family that knows i'm in the space like if they hear something maybe they'll text me about it but you know that outskirt of friend group of just people that know i'm into this stuff they, they have not reached out yet which i find absolutely fascinating maybe maybe that's where we can jump to our first point here in the show notes um if you're on youtube you can see this but we'll walk you through it here the um still we brought this up the last couple weeks but still the Google Bitcoin search interest is still low. I mean, so if you go back to January 2021, when the price was 41K, the interest on this scale uh, for the Google search was 85. And um, this was probably a couple days ago. Price was 57,000, 2024. And uh, it's at 22. So it's four, you know, 4X below what people were searching when price was 25, 30% less years ago. And, and I, I could see, I've seen some other arguments on the timeline that, hey, maybe this stat doesn't mean as much anymore because everybody kind of knows what Bitcoin is. So you're not searching like, what is Bitcoin? But I still stand by it's an important stat because I do it sometimes. Like I'll just Google Bitcoin price just to get that quick chart. And that counts. And that just means that people just are not, the average person just is not interested yet. And... And you kind of have to like wonder why, because the the institutional interest is just absolutely skyrocketing. Yeah. I mean, like speaking of institutional interest, I almost forgot. I have this shirt and I wore it specifically for today. Let me move over there you go. on the camera. And it's Bitcoin eating the US dollar, eating the Euro Pac-Man style. And I thought it was only appropriate today when I <laughs> when I saw the prices, I was like, hey, this is the shirt to wear, but no, I mean, you're right. I mean, Bitcoin is just acquiring so much market share. It's gaining so much interest. And I think we can pull up those on-chain metrics charts as well, TiVo, uh, to kind of look at a couple of metrics before we go into the actual candle chart itself and kind of examine prices. Um, but two of the things that I noted is that Bitcoin's volume, and so we can scroll down just a little bit, but when we go and find uh, Bitcoin's volume, it is just shooting. Yeah, that's it right there, the Bitcoin on-chain volume by month. And you, we can see that volume has been on the climb every single month since September. So you can see that it bottomed out in September, and then after September, October, November, December, January, it is just this climbing, um, it is just this climbing level of Bitcoin volume, which is great to see. And then if we also go over to hash rate, I think hash rate's another really important thing, which is going to be at the bottom of the metrics area. But if we go all the way down to uh, hash rate, that's another thing that's just tearing. It's a it's an important metric that measures the like activity and um, network volume of Bitcoin. And so yeah, look at that hash rate chart since like April. Again, it's just a steady rise. So many people are interested in Bitcoin. Miners are happy. People are happy institutionals, uh, investors are happy, retail investors are happy. And so no matter what kind of metric that you look at on Bitcoin, whether it's volume, whether it's price, whether it's hash rate, whether it's like the ETF flows, which we're gonna look at later, uh, 
everything is just pointing up over here. And we spent a lot of time in last week's market update talking about just how rare Bitcoin had become due to like uh, over the desk trading and over the desk counters uh, being really low in supply. Same thing with exchanges. We also had the halving factoring into all of this. And so on all these different fronts, the supply of Bitcoin is really dwindling while the demand for it is exponentially increasing, which is just something really cool. So yeah, I mean, Tiva, I don't know if you had any thoughts on this, but it's it just backs the idea of this is an awesome spot to be for just about every crypto investor. No, 100%. And everybody before the ETF was approved was, you know, pitching this um, supply, demand, supply, demand, and then obviously looking out to the having supply, demand is what you're looking at. And it's it's obviously playing out for the bulls right now to a T. So it's like you have these charts. I see this every single day, whether it's Pomp or Matt Hogan or um, our guy James Safar. They're posting these charts and it's like Bitcoin's purchased only by the ETFs. And it's you know 10,000 a day, 12,000 a day. And then obviously the new Bitcoin produced by miners a day is 900. So the supply demand ratio is totally skewed right now. And that's that making sense when you see the price rocket. So then, so then you're kind of like, are you buying into that hype totally? Like no whales are going to come in and, and drop the market. It's going to be propped up. And, and this kind of continuation of supply demand keeps playing out. Because if that's the case, and that's what a lot of the people on TV are seeing. I saw Scaramucci giving the same, the same speech last night on CNBC. And it's like, if that is the playbook and that keeps playing out, where price in theory doesn't stop going up. Which yeah. we know is is a, is a is a risky thing to think like that, but what like I feel like we're not even there with the retail FOMO that we just talked about. So where like it is an interesting point where like we keep, I wouldn't even call it inching higher. We've inched higher like maybe recently, you know, towards the ETF. It's a slow and steady incline, and then some wild pops this week. But it, I, I feel torn. Like part of me wants to be like, it's so supply and demand driven that this thing's never going to stop going up. But then, like, I don't want to get caught off sides, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, man, I agree with you. It's it's at a unique spot. And I think that everyone has their own investment thesis, right? Everyone's trying to get to a certain point. And for some people, with Bitcoin approaching all-time highs, guess what? They've hit their goal. Maybe their goal was to do a 2 or a 3x, and now they're there, and they don't need that additional risk. But then there's going to be other investors out there who are saying, hey, I'm actually investing in Bitcoin you know, from 15, 20, 30,000 with the expectation of it hitting 100K. And so they're not quite there yet. Uh, and I think it can just be a friendly reminder that while I personally believe and a lot of us personally believe that Bitcoin is going higher, everyone has their own investment thesis and uh, they have their own cash out point. So uh, I want to kind of continue along those the, the lines of the ETF side before we get into the charts, TiVo, and just show everyone some of those metrics that you were uh, talking about. So if we go ahead and we actually look at this one on the screen for all the YouTube watchers, I'll try to explain it for everyone that's watching on like Apple Music and Spotify too. We can see the ETF flows, as you mentioned, just looking phenomenal. So this top chart over here, where if we, if we look at the cumulative uh, Bitcoin ETF volumes, just parabolic, just nonstop up. There's no drop in volume. It is just up and up and up ever since release. And now it's hit you know, the new high of uh, 58 billion. We also have the spot Bitcoin ETF flows right here in the middle. 
And what this shows us is the amount of money flowing in versus out of these Bitcoin ETFs. And at the beginning, we talked about this on one of the first market rundowns about how there was a ton of outflows coming in from Grayscale uh, pretty much leading the way. Now, if you look at the most recent data that we have, it is astronomically in favor of the bulls. So if we go off like last Friday, for example, we had a six to one ratios of inflows versus outflows. This means that we had 50 million in outflows, but we had 300 million in, it, in inflows. So there was $300 million or six times more buying than there was selling at this price. If we go off of another data point from two days ago, being February 26th, we had 42 million in outflows and 275 million in inflows. And so BlackRock is really leading the charge here. They are the biggest inflow leader, followed by Fidelity, and then you have a couple of other ones as well. But this just, go, again, goes to back up the point, Tiva, that, that you are making, and that if this continues to happen, then prices will just continue to rise. You can't have this um, obscure one-sided ratio where it's, you know, six, seven, eight times the amount of buyers to sellers coming in every day in terms of hundreds of millions of dollars, which equates to billions over the course of every week. You can't have a ratio like that continue and prices stay the same or go down. It will force prices to appreciate and rise, you know, not even including all the supply issues that we talked about in last week's episode. So, yeah, and I think the GBTC had its lowest outflow day um, the two days ago. The one, yeah, that one you just pointed. Yeah, out, that was the stat. So that was the lowest outflow day since the ETFs were approved. That is actually a huge, huge factor. Things are things are swinging here. So let's let's look at this one. So this is from J.P. Morgan. So J.P. Morgan, a research analyst, came out and said, uh, "We see cryptocurrency prices higher, sustained increases from current levels." That's from a J.P. Morgan analyst, who, and we all know, you know, who the boss of that guy is. Yeah. He, he's still on his anti-Bitcoin parade like every day. It's fascinating, dude. It's so funny because I was talking to someone. Um, when I was taking a little vacation about a week or two ago, and he is like, yeah, you know, I bet you Jamie Dimon really buried Bitcoin with how anti-Bitcoin like him and all of JP Morgan is. And I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. JP Morgan is not anti-crypto at all. Um, you know, Jamie Dimon doesn't particularly like it, but you look at the rest of JP Morgan and maybe his words say one thing, but their actions say the complete opposite. And then again, you have an analyst, like you mentioned, making these kind of claims and yeah, it's a, it's a wild world. And then you have like Larry Fink, who's a huge advocate of it now. And so I feel like Jamie Dimon is starting to really lose allies on the anti-Bitcoin front. And again, he's just fighting a losing war. And I feel like well, the more that he talks negatively about it, the higher prices continue to rise. So at what point is he going to either die on his hill or admit that he was wrong? I think that's what we have to come to have that stance when you know it drops from the 60 you know 9k to you know 15k and there's fraud everywhere yeah. with yeah. sbf but like these the bitcoin haters that that are on tv all the time it's and i always have it on the background when i'm working it's been so funny just as as a human interest piece just to slowly you could see it in their face that they've just been parading an anti-crypto and anti-bitcoin and it's just ripping in their face and it's they're getting to the point now, like this week, literally, where you could just kind of see it. They're like, but, uh, eh. yeah, and it's it, you could just tell like they're like, damn, like I've been giving this take for two years now. And, and it's just 
just ripping in my face right now price appreciation so it's it's a fun time it's a fun time to be on our side of the boat we're having fun today yeah i mean we really are and let's just look at the bitcoin chart again uh if you're watching on youtube you're going to be able to see this thing but at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com purpose parker engineering your success save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bitcoin just skyrocketing. We're at $61,520. Um, and I want to zoom us out to actually a weekly chart to do a bit of technical analysis. So it's funny when I had a conversation with some of my relatives uh, a few days ago, they were like, all right, well, like, what are the major resistance levels on Bitcoin? I was like, well, it was our previous high of 48K and then 52K. But as you can see from the chart over here, we ripped right through 48K on the second attempt. We hit 52K, tested it for two weeks, and then we ripped right through this one. And so when we're looking at resistance levels, you know, I get nervous even saying like, hey, there's resistance here because Bitcoin is so bullish right now. It is just blowing through resistance. And the next like minor resistance level beyond just the major ones was $60,000. This is the bottom of a previous support zone. It is support that turned into resistance right here on the weekly timeframes. So we had three weeks of support, two weeks of resistance after this. And it was a very minor resistance level. And guess what? Bitcoin just blew right through that one as well. And so it's making its way back towards these all-time highs of sixty-eight dollars to $69,000. And guess what? After Bitcoin gets through that, it enters something called price discovery mode. And this means that once price has never been at that level before, there is no prior resistance to look at. And it enables price to move in a very volatile way uh, towards the upside. Because again, there's no like chart history and so when we're looking at times like this bitcoin was consolidating down here for a while because there's a lot of chart information and we have the you know previous support levels that turned into resistance there's a lot of stuff for bitcoin to kind of work its way through as it was going from 15 all the way back up to 50. now that it's above 50 there's not much resistance left as it approaches the highs and so i guess the real question is are we going to blow through the all-time highs on our first attempt or are we going to test these all-time highs, see a little bit of resistance, and maybe wind back down? Now, I'm a big advocate of the trend as your friend, and I don't want to fight the trend. However, you know, I think there are those two scenarios, and I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Because if we blow right through the resistance of this all-time high, if we just tear this thing through on our first attempt, it will prove just how bullish and strong uh, the buyers are at these levels. If that happens, wildly bullish. It's a huge testimony uh, and show of confidence. However, that's a really hard thing to do. So again, if we do that, man, 
we are looking phenomenal for the upside and we are you know probably going to go higher than i anticipated us going this year however if we do kind of come up into the zone which should be a fairly large resistance level as we approach the highs again the final major resistance level then i don't think it's impossible if keyword is if if we see the rejection up here as we approach the highs i don't think it's impossible for bitcoin to kind of fall back down to maybe 50,000, even maybe the mid to high 40,000s. So do something kind of like this where it retraces back down and then sees some support down here before ultimately continuing to rally to new all-time highs. So that's really the two situations that I see playing out. If we blow through it, huge testimony of how like strong the bulls are and who's really in control of this market. If we do see a rejection, I don't think we're headed back down to, you know, 10K, 15K, 20K, 25K. I don't think it's anything like that. I think we have a little bit of a retracement, a little bit of a pullback. And we've seen this right here on the charts when Bitcoin went all the way up to 49, retraced back down to 38. We saw it happen over here on Bitcoin's chart when it went all the way from 15K all the way up to like 31k 32k then it spent about a month or two retracing from 32 back down to 24 then rallied to new highs and so i don't think it's like completely out of the picture to say that we just have another one of these where it goes up flags down breakout up flags down breakout and i don't think it's impossible to say that we see another one of these but i want to make it clear that my ultimate view of this in the mid to long term is still very much to the upside so i'm looking at this uh, and I, for one, am excited. And then I want to talk about Ethereum as well. I know we have some metrics to look at on Ethereum, but you know people are always asking about the altcoin space. And it's funny because I drew this a couple of days ago, basically saying, I think that Ethereum has room to catch up to its final previous swing high, which is what Bitcoin just broke through at $52,000. Now, Ethereum hasn't retested that yet, but you can see that this is an area that used to be resistance. Uh, or excuse me, used to be support, turned into resistance, and now it's working its way back up to retest this level around $3,500 to $3,600 uh, on the Ethereum chart. And this should, again, be a resistance, but if it is anything like the Bitcoin chart, then it will, you know, inevitably break this. You know, maybe we see a little bit of like a test of this, a consolidation back down, and then the breakthrough. Um, but ultimately, I'm expecting Ethereum to go higher, which leads me into some of the metrics. Because in just a few weeks, as we can kind of transition over here, uh, in just a few weeks, we have the Ethereum Denkun upgrade going live on mainnet. We also have the fact that Ethereum has the ETFs coming up. The deadline is in March, uh, or excuse me, I think May 26th or 23rd, somewhere around there. And it has about a 60 to 70% chance of approval from our conversations with different analysts from like Bloomberg and other sources, uh, which is pretty positive um, because originally people were like, I don't know, Ethereum's a little bit more complex. It has more moving parts than Bitcoin, um, but it looks like that Ethereum has a really good chance of getting its ETFs approved. And the reason that this is important is because if you think that Bitcoin is moving a lot, Ethereum is a fraction the size of Bitcoin. So if we see even a portion of the same inflows come into Ethereum, it should have a drastically bigger impact on price because of its smaller market cap, uh, which is something to kind of note. And then the final thing, TiVo, if you can pull it up, I have the inflation chart for uh, Ethereum. And a lot of people don't know this, 
But Ethereum is actually deflationary now. Uh, and so on that inflation chart, we can see not only like the numbers, but there's also the option to go to that line chart um, right below all of that code. So if you click on the line chart option, what well, we can actually see what the inflation and deflation rates of Ethereum have been. And for the last year plus, Ethereum has been deflationary. And so if you hover over the current zone of where we're currently at in February on that inflation chart, you can see that we're sitting at around a 0 0.5, 0 0.4 to 0.5% deflation rate for Ethereum. So most cryptocurrencies have a max supply, um, which means that they are inflating until they reach that max supply. Ethereum is a little bit different. Ethereum is actively deflating, which means that more Ethereum is being burned every single day than is being created. So every single you know day, every single year, this is the average rate of deflation. And you can see that it's waxed and waned a little bit. The only month of inflation that, in th that Ethereum has had was back in October, and it was like 0.2 to 0.3% of inflation for one out of the last 12 months. And now we're back to it being deflationary again. So we have this deflationary asset that is having a ton of fundamental stuff coming its way. Its chart is rising as well. And uh, I think it's something to kind of keep your eye on because a lot of people were fading Ethereum heading into this bull market. And I still think that it's strong. So I don't think it's getting yeah, nearly the amount they're, of they're, hate that it's deserved. But they were they were taking it on Twitter for a while. They're, oh they're man, hurting. they were run, they were doing it dirty. It yeah. was. Uh, I remember seeing posts, Tivo. I'm sure you saw some of these where people were like, "I'm exhausted defending Ethereum. I'm exhausted being an Ethereum bull." Yeah, no, 100. percent And this week, while we're recording, we have our uh, our colleague and, and analyst Matt. He's in. Uh, he's a, he's at ETH Denver, and. I don't know something something I always look for at these conferences. I think we had one. It was uh, what was it? Art Basel. So it was Art Basel uh, in the fall, and that week alone, like Avalanche ripped heavy. So it's like you never you never know at these conferences who kind of talks to who and who maybe gets bullish around some of these these projects. And obviously for ETH Denver, it starts with Ethereum. And so, I mean, we've kind of already had a, such a big rip this week, but who knows? Who knows what people are learning and, and connecting over at that conference. Just, just one final point at the, uh, you know, I always like to give the retails perspective. So the last time we were at these prices, um, the Coinbase app, another kind of like similar to the Google searches for Bitcoin, the Coinbase app was number one, you know, on, uh, on obviously the finance apps, but the top app store downloads, it was in the top 10 of all apps. And right now, as of yesterday, the Coinbase app is, is number 25 in finance and doesn't even crack the top, you know, 100 in, in all apps on Apple. So the, the retail interest is just not there with all the great stats we've thrown out with all the TA and, and, you know, eyeing all time highs. It's just, people aren't there yet, but they're coming, they're coming. And I know someone in particular, a few of the listeners might know who he is. He goes by the name of Michael Saylor. He's doing some buying right now, isn't that? What a goat. <laughs> to say the least, isn't that right, TiVo? Absolute goat. I mean, give this guy his flowers. Uh, I don't think any, you know, when you're, when you're up billions of dollars on a trade, you know, I think, you know, you get the credit you deserve. But, man, people were throwing this guy uh, in the gutter, you know, during the bear market and, you know, calling for his, his get, getting margin called and the whole thing failing and, this guy just diamond hands just kept gathering Bitcoin at all prices and still is gathering Bitcoin to this day. Yeah. This tweet is from 
two days ago and he's like hey everyone by the way we bought another three thousand bitcoin that equated to 155 million dollars at an average price of fifty one thousand eight hundred and thirteen dollars per bitcoin and that was just a few days ago so like even now like recently he's been buying and guess what if he bought at an average price of fifty one thousand each bitcoin that he bought all three thousand of them is now at ten thousand dollars in profit so you know hats off to uh mr michael saylor over there he's doing some great things one of my favorite things like when i first really started diving into crypto twitter like the deep realms of it and learning the players and, and the game it's like all right michael saylor is one of the biggest guys um and just like obviously a very very smart human being and and you kind of listen to his talks and you take him very seriously of when he's explaining stuff but he also he also has like a comedic side he enjoys the memes like he was sparring with uh dave portnoy my old boss on Twitter, like Dave, Dave was talking about how he like sold his Bitcoin and he was upset and he got screwed by SBF. And then Sailor like came in, you know, from the rafters and was like, you never sell your Bitcoin, Dave. <laughs> he's just so, so he's, he's chopping it up with everybody. And I, I think that's, you know, a little little fun never hurt anybody. So I love to see, you know, one of the top guys in the space, um, you know, mixing it up on all levels. Yeah, it doesn't take it too seriously, right? Like, it's like you said, you got to have fun with this stuff. Like, if you're getting in, you're taking it too seriously, and you're not enjoying yourself, then you're doing it wrong. Like, there's, especially on days like today, you got to enjoy yourself a little bit, meme around a little bit, um, relax, have some fun. And so it's good to see that even the industry leaders are uh, are doing the same thing. No, 100%. And then same thing with, like, some of the commercials from the Bitcoin ETFs have been have been a fun. I guess Bitwise specifically did the most interesting man in the world, the old Dosakis guys. Um, our guy Matt Hogan was in that one. Um, so yeah, I think the more fun, it, it kind of speaks to, you know, the younger, uh, the new up and coming generation of financiers in the Bitcoin space. Yeah, man. Well, we saw this interesting study the other day too, TiVo. That was talking about just like the current state of Ethereum versus Bitcoin and where like institutional versus retail interest is at. Uh, and it was coming out from Bybit. Uh, now, this study I found particularly uh, quite fascinating because what it said is that institutions are heavily allocating their portfolios to Ethereum and Bitcoin, while retail users are more bullish on Bitcoin, uh, according to this Bybit report. And so essentially what they're trying to say over here is that there is a shift in market sentiment since around December with institutions now actually favoring Ethereum due to the anticipated Denkun upgrade as we were talking about just a little bit ago. Yeah, basically the stance that they're having is that there is this shift for Ethereum actually gaining more attraction and institutional interest. And I think the quote that they had was that uh, Ethereum is now the largest crypto asset for institutions. And so I'm looking at this going, you know, can that really be true? And again, this is all just according to the Bybit report. Um, but if it is, then that kind of would mean that the big money, the smart money, the institutional side is saying, hey, Ethereum is at a deficit. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but maybe they see Ethereum playing a little bit of a catch-up game back to Bitcoin. Uh, and they talk about how even from like an institutional side, um, the Ethereum competitors or the layer one competitors to Ethereum, things like Solana, Cardano, Celestia, um, Injective, you know, you name it, 
they're saying that from an institutional perspective, they're not catching on it nearly as much as Ethereum is. And a lot of people, again, are seeing, hey, if we want to make an alternative investment in crypto from an institutional side, they still see Ethereum as like the golden goose of alternative crypto investing. So I found it interesting. You know, it's just a little bit of food for thought, you know, whether you disagree with it or agree with it. Uh, our job is to kind of just bring you the news. And this is a report that came across our desk that I think we all found interesting over here. And who knows, you know, maybe there is a play leading up into the upgrades and, and into the ETFs and all that stuff. So it's something to consider and some food for thought. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you saw the uh, the run up, obviously, once the ETF, you know, did get approved and was a sell the news. But then, you know, if you sold the news, uh, I mean, we bounced off that support level and just rocketed to where we are now. So it's something that, you know, maybe they have the playbook uh, for now because, you know, it was obviously the first crypto ETF ever. And uh, we'll see if it follows suit. Absolutely. And hey, before we let everyone go, we always like to leave things on a little bit more of a lighthearted note. And so, TiVo, I've actually got a game for you. Yeah, uh, let's play the game, but also just a note so we don't sign off. While we were on the air, I came up with like two more like little fun tidbits. Oh, let's like do it. I love yeah, this. A couple TiVo tidbits to end the show. So <laughs> let's do yours first, and then I got a couple more. Perfect. Well, I want everyone that's listening in to kind of participate too here, um, because what I want to go through is Hold the on. percentage. Breaking, breaking news. Just got a text. Hey, TiVo, what's going on with Bitcoin? Do you think Doge will go to the moon as well? <laughs> Jake, my buddy, my buddy, Jake. Shout out, Jake. <laughs> We talked about this at the beginning of the... Yeah, shout out. Friends and family are going to start hitting you up and talking about crypto. This is just proof of it. Breaking news. Yeah, shout out to Jake. Well, okay. So let's talk about this game. This game is what is the percentage of Bitcoin supply that has been active over a specific time period? And to clarify this, it is just... Has Bitcoin moved around inside of these wallets? It doesn't matter if it's on an exchange. It doesn't matter if it's a private wallet. What percentage of Bitcoin has moved, not just sat still and not done anything over the time frame? So we're going to look at the five-year, the three-year, the one-year, the three-month, and the one-week. So let's start things off with the big time frame, the five-year. How much, you know, what kind of activity do you think that we've seen across Bitcoin over the last five years, what portion of Bitcoin supply has moved around and been? Yeah, my theory was high on the five. Yeah, high on the five year. And then obviously more recently with the theory of, you know, hodling and diamond hands a lot less. So I'm going to start big and then work my way down. So to start, I'm going to go 80 percent, 80 percent. See, people would think that because they'd say, hey, you know, Bitcoin has 19 pushing 20 million of supply. You know, that's a large portion of the supply. And so you'd think a large portion would be active. It's actually only 68%. Okay. 68%. So it's almost, we're getting to the point where almost one third of Bitcoin hasn't moved in the last five years. And it makes you wonder, you know, is a third of Bitcoin lost? Is a third of the supply just locked away in lost wallets or something like that? Who knows? Uh, moving on to the three year. You know, what percentage of Bitcoin supplies moved around and been active in the last three years? And you're right in that the trend should. Right. I, so I would say lower. So I was like, so I'd cut my initial guess in half. So I'm going to go a 30, 30, I would say 40. But since it was lower than initially, I'll go 35%. Close. We're at 54%. So a little bit over this time. Oh, so 50. Man, got them all over the place. <laughs> 54% of Bitcoin has moved in the last three years. So almost 
half of Bitcoin supply, or really only half of Bitcoin supply has moved around in the last three years. All right, we're going to have a bigger jump now going all the way down to the one year. How much of Bitcoin supply has moved in the last year, Tivo? So in the last year, so we've seen tons of a price appreciation. Um, we're getting ready for the halving. And I'm going to go with sub 20. I'm going to say 18%. A little bit more. We're 31%, which is okay. it's still wild because almost, you know, less than a third of Bitcoin supply has moved in the last year. Again, this goes back and we're going to keep kind of hammering this home as we get lower and lower. But uh, man, Bitcoin is a lot more rare than people think. You would expect that of all times the last year would have just insane amounts of activity across all of Bitcoin. And it is, but it's from a concentrated part of Bitcoin supply. Again, Going back to that idea, it's a lot more rare than people think. So moving us down to the small time frames, we have the 90 day, which has actually been on the uptick here recently. Um, and then we have the one week after that. So let's do 90 day. Give me your best guess. I'm going for, yeah, I mean, even less like 15%. It was coming in at 16%. 16% and then the one day, or I'm not the one day, the one week. Let's go with this one. This one's really low. I'll give you a hint. Uh, 5%. 3%. 3%. In the last week, only 3% of Bitcoin supply has moved around. In the last 90 days, it's only been 16%. In the last year, it's been 31%. In the last three years, it's been 54%. And in the last five years, it's been 68%. So... Again, if you're uh, if you're holding your Bitcoin, know that just because you see the the full circulating supply doesn't actually mean that that is what is moving and held still. Because there's definitely been some Bitcoin to disappear, or in the very least, put in the cold wallets over the past couple of years. Here, I went uh, O for six there, but I got closer. I feel like each time, so I'll take. I'll take a small W. One thing I don't miss is the memes. So I got all the memes. That, that's one thing. Like, I'm not the wallet guy. You don't come for me for wallet statistics. You come for me for the memes. So I, I'll take that. <laughs> all right, let's go. Two final fun ones to end the day. So did you see this? SBF is in jail uh, giving out uh, crypto tips. He's talking to the guards and he's, uh, he's recommending Solana still. Oh, man. You know, this might be the one thing that I agree with him on. I, I do like Solana, uh, but it has me... <laughs> the very thing that he's in life in prison for, he is now giving financial advice on. So... Dude, he's got it all. He's joined, he joined a gang. He's still slinging uh, Solana. Like, well, I mean, what a legend. Jeez. That man. That man. I saw that picture of him. I think we talked about it last week. It's a... It's a wild picture. He just doesn't fit in. Yeah, they well, he, they said he does fit in because he doesn't snitch. So he, he didn't snitch. So he's 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 a gangster now. He's in a gang. SBF. Part and of then, me originally thought that he was like maybe gonna finagle his way out of it somehow, but no. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't gotten his full sentence, right? He's just on is on holding, right? He didn't get like a year's yet. I don't think. I'm not even sure anymore. I know for a while he was like on the fence. I've stopped tracking the story. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think anything's he's like he's found guilty but waiting on sentencing. So we'll see if his parents can 
can come up with enough money to get him a, a lower lower years but we'll see so the, so the last thing and i'll insert the clip here um but just want to so so we'll play the clip now there's underperformance okay Press it. I, I don't want to. What has Bitcoin ever done for mouth, mankind? Do you ever, are you ever Bitcoin a Bitcoin phone? Watson, come here. I need you. I mean, what is it? Well, coming up, United Healthcare is uh, apparently. And uh, so that was that was Jim Cramer crying about Bitcoin and Ethereum this morning on CNBC. Like he he couldn't stay on track with what the topics were for his own show. Uh, you know, David Faber was trying to keep him on track and he just kept veering off and crying about Bitcoin and Ethereum and, you know, just being like, well, why would we even buy stocks unless why, why not just buy something that never goes down? It only goes up. And so he was, he was beside himself. I mean, it's funny because he's had all these quotes of like, Bitcoin's dead, it's topped out, don't invest it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've posted memes about it, you've made memes about it, and here we are. You know, time is the ultimate judge. And uh, as we approach these new highs, it's looking like it's on our side. And also, breaking news, as we've been on here, we were talking about ETH at 3,300. ETH's now broken 3,400. So breaking news, we are continuing the chug to the upside. Bitcoin's over 62K now. 62, baby. Over 34. Let's go. I love a live show. Let's go. Like what? Like what? Or I mean, we don't we don't really get too animated on, on this show. But like try what to keep are you, it professional. We try to keep it professional. And like that's that's obviously you and Bryce are the two biggest pros I know in the business. But if you don't have any crypto or any Bitcoin, like what are you doing? Like what is your mindset? How are you not educated on it? How do you not what's going on? Like you're watching literally the institutions, the most richest institutions in the entire world. They've built everything that you know, and they're grabbing this stuff hand over fist. And then just the normal person's just turning a blind eye to it. Like it makes no sense. This thing is ripping. I mean, you don't have to go in and buy it hand over fist, but you better be educated on it. Like in today's day and age, if you're just going to say like, oh, no, that's a scam, blah, blah, blah. It's like you are just not paying attention. And, and it's a shame. I mean, yeah. So is BlackRock filing ETFs for scams? Is BlackRock, Fidelity, Van Eyck, Invesco, JP Morgan? Like, are they all part of the scam, the largest? Because at that point, is it a scam anymore? It's like every major credible financial institution is working with this and allowing their custom customers to buy it. But somehow it, it's a it's a scam. It just doesn't make any sense. It would have to be the most elaborate, like orchestrated you know, governmental, like the government would have to be in on it. Like, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. It's like a conspiracy theory that it's a scam as opposed to it being a viable financial product. Uh, and it's like you said, like, why would all of the biggest asset managers on the planet, people who have trillions of dollars in assets under management for millions and millions of people, like, why would they be looking at it and offering it up and investing in it if they didn't see a bright future. And that's just where we're at now. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's hard to turn a blind eye to it now. I'm not saying you need to buy it while it's at all-time highs or near all-time highs. My belief is that like when this thing does dip and pull back, like it's worth paying attention to. And I think it's worth at least, in the very least, I think people should invest in what they understand. I think that they need to understand like what is Ethereum, what is Bitcoin? Like, what is blockchain technology? Like, spend the couple hours of research over a weekend or over the course of a month learning about this stuff and the potential impacts that it could have and, like, come to your own conclusions. But the hard thing is, is that a lot of people will be so biased that they can't go in and, like, 
fairly learn about it because the whole time they're just angry and they're typically not angry that like Bitcoin is doing well or anything like that. They're angry that they missed the boat. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, man, what a time to be alive. Yeah, I mean, they're just waiting for their financial advisor from BlackRock to sit them down and tell them that it's okay. And like, if you just took the time to just do a little bit of research, I know it's it's busy, lives are hectic, and, and you just want to go with the narrative of the last thing that you heard and you get angry because you missed the boat and you like watching people fail when this thing went from all-time highs down to, you know, the 15K mark. But, you know, do like you just said, do the research. And, and we're here to help you. We're here twice a week with awesome interviews inside the space with some of the best, you know, most smartest people in the crypto and Bitcoin space. And then we're here every Thursday with Brendan, Bryce, myself, trying to give you guys the full picture, everything from Brendan and Bryce's expertise to my expertise of seeing what's on the internet, seeing what's trending. Like you have all this free stuff to just dive in and educate. And obviously anybody that's listening to us now on the podcast network is, is a faithful listener and is educated, but we're cutting clips and we're sending this stuff out. So come on in, come listen. It's Crypto 101 and it's tons of fun when in a bull market. So make sure you come back. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, TiVo. Man, it's been a great week. We appreciate everyone tuning in. As the crypto markets continue to soar, expect that we are going to keep all of you updated. So until next week, everyone, we will see all of you very, very soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.